Hey friends, this is your friendly spoiler alert. If you are still in season one, please stop now or forever hold your tweets. Hey guys, welcome to the Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Sheree, and I'm joining you this week with friend of the podcast, Ashley Johnson. Hi! We're here to discuss season two, episode 13, chapter 26, The Telltale Heart. So obviously, The Telltale Heart is a famous short story by Edgar Allan Poe. If you don't know it, I mean, go back to ninth grade, but like, it's from the point of view of a guy who has killed somebody and hit him under the floorboards of his house, and you think you can hear the heartbeat, blah, 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 blah. But seriously, we've all read it. So the episode starts off where we left off in the last episode in the Cooper house as Alice is mopping up blood of some guy who she says that he tried to hurt her, but Chick did something. So, like, we don't even know how this guy was killed, I guess, with the lamp. No, because it doesn't really have any, like, murder weapons or anything. Yeah. And, I mean, Hal asks where the lamp is, so I'm guessing that's the murder weapon, but, yeah, it's weird. Um, So, Betty tries to call the cops, but Alice stops her because she doesn't want Chick taken away from her again. And, like, I'm so, ugh. Hal calls... Betty wanting to help him get toiletries without fighting with Alice and she's like yeah dad whatever and then gets the bleach from under the sink to help her mom cover up a murder and they just go into like overdrive they did yeah the Jughead voiceover tells us that this is one poor decision that will forever change the lives of the Cooper women when not even 50 yards away Archie is being harassed by the FBI in 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 quotes quotes. in finger quotes (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is an audio format. Uh, Yeah. I I love the part where the FOI agent is like, Hiram would have done something that he would have set this capo, and Archie's like, oh, shucks, mister, what's a capo? So he kicks the drum cymbals over, and even though the garage is soundproof, that's why they're having these discussions in there, Betty and Alice can hear the clatter in their dining room. Mm-hmm. Like, not even through closed doors, but in another house. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. No. So, if they can hear that, Fred definitely is within earshot of all of their discussions mm-hmm. anytime he's awake. Um, but the FOI agent explains that essentially Andre is Hiram's capo because he's the driver. He's the one that's always with him. But Archie's right. not giving any names. Um, you really feel like, you in it, you in it deep now, Archie boy. Mm-hmm. Hal walks into the Cooper house um, yelling for Betty. And obviously everything is all cleaned up just in time. And they've even changed sweaters. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, yeah. Right. Um, I don't know how far away Penelope's house is from Betty's, but they must have, like, I don't, I mean, I've never cleaned up a murder scene, but I can't even change my clothes that fast. I they did both. They make it seem like the Thistle House is a good ways away, like it's out yeah, in the country, so maybe. it might be. Okay. Batty, oh, Batty, oh my gosh, maybe that should be Betty and Alice's <laughs> name when they're together, just Batty. Um, I skipped a spot in my notes. Okay, so... The whole house smells like bleach, so Hal is on to them. And then Jughead calls Betty to say goodnight and that he loves her. My heart melts. Me too. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, oh, is that the first time he said that to her? No, no, because the season one finale when he's like, hell no. And that's why I love you, Betty Cooper. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then they almost do it, yeah. So... <laughs> Um, Betty and Alice take the body of the sketchy sketch stranger to Alice's secret place when she was a little girl. Uh, and it's like old sewer pipes that haven't been used in decades. I'm like, ew. <laughs> did you have like a secret place when you were a kid? Not like that. I did, but not like that. Yeah, like I would go to this like weird storm drain place when we lived on base and like the tree in, the back, in our backyard. But we had um, down the street there was like three lots that didn't have any houses and there was this massive like forest tree thing there Uh so we lived in the city that's where I was at all the time and if I wasn't there we lived we moved down here to Dublin we have like 65 acres or something Uh I had plenty of hiding spots girl yeah but none of them were um storm drains that you could like store dead bodies in or I I was thinking like poop drains poop drains sorry (laughs) I was like ew nobody 
so much poop has gone through there. I don't want to. Okay, so this next scene. One, Hal is apparently short for Harold. And two, Penelope is giving him a back rub like she's trying to get out of stubborn stain. Like she is like grinding into him with her poor burnt hand. And I think this is when we get like our first Lady Macbeth vibes from this episode, which is going to come a lot. Like they're going to try to rub out those damn spots a lot. Okay, so FP comes home telling Jughead that, hey, Tallboy won't be coming back anytime soon. So he's definitely going to be back soon. Unless FP straight up killed him, which I don't think he did, because he was really tore up about burying the body that he didn't kill. <laughs> F or Tallboy will definitely be back. Doing a complete 180 from last episode when he told Jughead that he was going to be the downfall of them and the death of them and he was the worst and like, I fucking hate you and blah, 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 blah. He's like, hey, maybe I should take a page from your book and have a sit down with Mayor McCoy with the statue head because that always works for Jughead. <laughs> yes, FP, Jughead tries to like sit down with the mayor every fucking episode. It never gets him anywhere. No. <laughs> She's always like, no, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Why is there a child in my office? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so realizing that the room is entirely absent of bronze heads, we get another FP patented boy, where the hell is General Pickett's head? <laughs> Out of context, that is great. I, I did. I, I laughed a little bit. I thought that was like, here he goes again. I love it. I love it. So, uh, last episode, I assumed it was FP's idea to send the head to the lodges. But now I'm a little perplexed as to why Jughead and Betty would send it addressed to Veronica, who's her best friend. Like, she'll rub it in Hiram's face and all. But at the expense of your bestie? Who you're already kind of in the doghouse for, for kissing her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. Not cool. Nope. So, speaking of the head, we go to the lodge's penthouse where the head is just sitting in the middle of the dining room table. You know, <laughs> as, as, as one is wont to do with their bronze heads. <laughs> Veronica owns her mob kingpin dad with her experience in the Model UN. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was like... Oh, and her burn that she did in a little bit when you talk about it. I oh, love yeah, that. Yeah. That was my favorite. Um, much to Hermione's delight and Hiram's chagrin, uh, Veronica offers to get the serpents to the table for negotiations, and all Hiram has to do is play nice. Clearly not his strong suit, but the look on Mark Consuelos' face after she says that, it looks like somebody farted. <laughs> <laughs> like, his nostrils are flared, and he's just... Like, no, this is not high school. <laughs> Daughter just owned me with her experience in the model UN. Oh, God. I literally killed a man, like, yeah. yesterday. So, the Cooper girls are rushing back into their house and get to work scrubbing everything. And there's, like, this whole scene where Betty is scrubbing apples that was really stylistic, and I liked it. Yeah, that was. Like, it was really cool looking. Like, just her manic episode of just, like scrubbing everything. She just freaked out. I mean, because Alice plainly said, no, she didn't think that he touched the apples, and she's like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to scrub it anyway. Right. Which, <laughs> she makes some really fucking poor decisions later on with her fingerprints, but I mean, good on her for scrubbing apples. That Are they real? Are they fake? I'm not real sure, because if they're real, just like eat them. Throw them in the trash can. Yeah. Why would you scrub them? But just whatever. It was it was you cool. You can't eat them after you scrub the shit out of them. Yeah, because they have cleaner all over them. Exactly. Yeah. So hopefully they were fake because if they were not fake, Although, she just poisoned anybody that took that thing out. I have seen one of our coworkers wash their apple with Dawn dish soap in our break room before and I was like, that's disgusting. And she's like, well, you never know who who's all hands have touched it at the grocery store. I'm like, yeah, rinse it off, scrub it with a paper towel, but you, now you're eating dish soap. Uh -huh. No matter how much you rinse off that apple. Unless there's you, still dish soap in it, because yeah. there are pores in apples. Right. She's weird. Um, <laughs> call her out by name. They scrub everything, and I feel like it's going to cut catch a ton of shit, but I, I just, I really liked that, that scene. And I feel like all the other podcasts are going to be like, that was weird. But I liked it. So... Then there's this really awesome scene where she like gets out of the shower and lays down and then immediately her alarm clock goes off and she gets up. That's how it feels to be sleep deprived. 
Welcome to motherhood. <laughs> right. It's it's maybe just a step below hiding a body that you walked into, mm-hmm. you know, s- someone in your family killing, but you don't get any sleep and it's awful. I really liked her alarm clock though. It was, it was that cool was though. cute. I was looking yeah. at it like, I want one of those. Right. <laughs> So she comes downstairs to a chocolate chip pancake breakfast. Mm. And, you know, I always be- felt a strange kinship to Betty until she said the most perplexing sentence ever. I don't, I don't like, like chocolate, chocolate chip pancakes. pancakes. I was like, who the, the fuck, fuck are do- you? Who the fuck doesn't like chocolate chip pancakes? I had, like, so I tweeted that and somebody responded back to me and was like, yeah, I actually don't like chocolate chip pancakes or muffins. And yes, it's weird because I like chocolate chip cookies. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to like this because you, you commented, but go fuck yourself. That's weird. <laughs> it's not normal. I love chocolate ch- Okay, first off, I love pancakes. Yes. And I love whatever you put in them. Mm, as long as it's not nuts, I'm down for it. No, I'll even eat the pecans. Yeah, I know. My husband loves pecan pancakes, but like I'd, I'd rather eat my own toes than eat pecans. Oh, well, I hope. Damn it. <laughs> so... But yeah, everything is just all hunky-dory for Alice and Chick while Betty, like, has severe PTSD. There's a knock on the door, and she drops her cereal bowl in the most dramatic way ever, sending her fruity munch cereal (laughs) crashing everywhere. (laughs) Who cleaned that up? I don't know. Well, because whenever she started walking, I was like, okay, she just walked through that. Yeah, barefoot on shards of porcelain. Yeah, not great. Alice makes her ask who it is. There's no answer, but dude, there are like 15 windows and a peephole. <laughs> you see who it is. Like, I have, for one, never once hidden a body, and I still check the windows in the peephole to see who's knocking at my door, as if it isn't my mother-in-law. Like, I know exactly who it is every time, but still, mm. it, like, a major crime just happened in your house. Take, she didn't check Take a peeky poo Just a little, a little gander. Yeah. But, so she just opens the door. And there's season one Jughead just waiting to walk he Betty to so school. He was so handsome. I know. In that scene, I was like, oh. I was like, he's back. Season one Jughead is back. And mm-hmm. I can rejoice because he has been a pain in the ass this season up until this episode. And he was my favorite character last mm-hmm. season. And this season, I'm like, this dude is riding my last fucking nerve. <laughs> He has been an idiot. He's been so goddamn intense about He's been everything. He's a teenage boy. That's true. That's true. <laughs> don't don't much care for them. Didn't much care for them when I was a teenage girl. So. I huh. refused to date teenage boys, even when they were teenage boys. Right. I mean, I, I did because, like, uh, I was boy crazy. <laughs> oh, no. My notes went dark. Okay. So, anyway. Welcome back, Jackie. We missed you. And then we get the title card. Zzz. <laughs> After commercial break, Jughead and Betty are walking to school in the rain, and he confesses that the way she hung up on him like an asshole last night made him feel like maybe she wasn't into the sexy time that they had. And she's like, oh shit, I totally forgot that I swept my V-card last night. Oh my god, we boned! Oh my god, Just... totally forgot! <laughs> I'm sorry, but murder kind of overrides the it whole does. virginity card. It does, but... <laughs> That was hilarious. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, no, Jackie. No, no. (laughs) They cracked it. She's like, wait a minute. You know what we did last night? And I'm like, well, yeah, he was kind of (laughs) there. Right. (laughs) Mopping up blood will do that to you, girl. (laughs) Oh, that cracked me up. So she promises that last night was amazing. And I'm sorry, but your first time is never amazing. It hurts like a motherfucker. It's awkward and uncomfortable. But um, maybe it was really amazing leading up to it, because uh, she did she did come home quite a glow that night. She did had it? that poised coital uh-huh. glow. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so, that orgasm face. Uh huh. <laughs> do I look any different now that I'm not a virgin? And if you didn't do that, you're lying to yourself. Everybody did. That. Everybody did that. She says there was just a lot of drama when she got home last night. You know, just typical Cooper House lunacy. Oy vey. Um, So Archie and Veronica are also walking to school in the rain. Where are they, like, on a different street? Because homie lives next door to her. <laughs> are they a block behind? It seemed like they were on a completely different set. Okay. Ashley's husband's 
calling, so she's gonna take it, and we're gonna pause. Okay, so I'm just gonna kinda go through this until she gets back, because we have a lot. Oh, so Archie and Veronica are walking to school where she just, like, low-key drops that there might be a turf war between the Jones and the Lodges. Pinning Archie perfectly between his best friend that I'm pretty sure he's damn near forgotten about at this point, and his girlfriend, whom he is, like, half-ass investigating. Super. Okay, so, sorry, I just, like, rattled through <laughs> while you were outside. So we get the Stranger Things shot of Riverdale High, that facade that they used a lot in season one, but not a lot this season, um, but it's a classic. And naturally, nobody is in class, not on this fucking show, mm -mm. Um, but in the, I put hashtag lounge goals. Yes. <laughs> Veronica and Jughead are very tersely figuring out the specifics of the meeting for their respective parents. Again, children running the show for the adults. Yeah, something's wrong here. Right. Um, so Archie and Betty could not be more uncomfortable. <laughs> the FBI guy calls Archie while he's in school and like, oh, we know he's not in class because that's not a thing at this school, but surely mm -hmm. he would know he can't answer his phone, right? Well, you would think. But you would think. At least upon like... When we were in school. Yes. It was like totally scandalous if you had a phone in the first place and then if it rang, sweet Jesus. Kevin busts in for his only scene of this episode for some light exposition. Apparently the cops found another body and Betty and Archie freak out wondering which of their respective bodies it is. Mm -hmm. So Kevin says there's a lot of blood. So that should have told Betty that it wasn't her body because they mopped up all of his blood. But um, she squeezes her hands though, letting us know that she's stressed to the point of self-harm. She's having a panic attack. Yes. Poor baby. And, and I don't blame her, but like... That hurts. It does hurt. <laughs> it hurts. When I first That's watched this show, when I first watched this show, I tried so hard to see if I could do it, just like sheer will, not because I was like stressed or anything. I can't break the skin. I don't think that's a real thing. <sighs> uh, maybe if you do it enough times. Maybe. Yeah, maybe if that's like your one thing. But also, clip your nails. Right. I can't do it. I don't have any nails. <laughs> right. So, but Archie wins this round. It's the body of Papa Poutine. So. Oopsie. Yeah. Betty gets up and leaves to go hurl, and Cheryl finds her in the bathroom and is actually nice to her. I know. I was like, I actually like nice Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl, this episode was really great. Yes. Um, but Betty's like, no, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Um, because she's not, she can't say anything about anything mm -hmm. about what's happened. And so Cheryl goes, hmm, you have puke on your collar. Blossom burn. <laughs> That's the line of the episode for me. Yes. <laughs> like, not just the blossom burn, but that one. Uh, so, in the abandoned science lab, <laughs> where Veronica and Archie like to have their secret conversations, because again, all the students can just hang out instead of using this lab for educational purposes, Veronica is like, Jesus Christ, just when I'm happy, another dead body that is probably tied to my dad turns up FML. <laughs> <laughs> because the whole world revolves around right. Veronica Lodge. And she is... So, she also says that she's upset about dragging Archie into this Martin Scorsese drama. And I can't tell if that's just Cami Mendez mispronouncing Scorsese or another, like, Vanity Flare fake name situation. I'm really hoping it's mispronouncing because whenever she said that, I was like, isn't it Martin Scorsese? Yeah, Sassy, not Cece. Anyway, so Archie says that he believes that Hiram is a good guy inside, also because he's dumb. <laughs> It's Archie. Everybody's good. <laughs> right. He thinks everybody's just the best. <laughs> it's like, Archie. That's an Archie moment. You told him that some guy was planning a coup, and then he wound up dead an hour later. It's like... Put you into the other studio. Right. So, Jughead, a child, is somehow allowed to have another meeting with the mayor so he can yell at her. She needs to fire her assistant. Yes. Homie should not be allowed to get past that door nope. at this point. Mm -mm. <laughs> but he points out that all of the land that the town owned is being shut down under Hiram Lodge's invisible hand. He offers her a chance to come clean about accepting donations from the lodges in exchange for favors. And Robin Gibbons, who plays Mayor McCoy, is so good. She's clearly shook. And I'm, I'm just, I'm loving her performance. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't say anything. It kind of uh -huh. hangs. Yep. Her, but her facial expressions are very nuanced, and I like how they're developing her character this season. She's yes. not just like a figurehead, or just Josie's mom, right? Josie's bitchy mom. We go, we go to this like weird woods where 
in the worst hat that I've seen since Pharrell's Arby's hat. The FBI guy gives Archie an envelope full of cash because apparently the FBI pays all of their informants, which, okay, so A, they don't. They don't pay all of their informants. And B, Archie hasn't informed them of fucking shit. It's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, he hasn't told them anything, and this guy hands him over like a cool $10,000, it looks like, in cash. I want that envelope. Right. I will tell you everything. I <laughs> Give me that so I can pay off my credit card debt, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Archie uses, um, he uses that to be salty about the drum that got ruined. He's like, well, I'm going to buy that bass drum you kicked. I'm like, okay, if your bass drum costs that much, we have issues. Well, and he should have said, I don't want your dirty money. Mm-hmm. I just want you to lay off my dad. Yes. That's what he should, that's what he should have said instead of taking the money. Because now that money's going to get found probably by his dad and he's going to want to know what the fuck is up. Um, so Adam wants Archie to confront Hiram about the murder of Papa Poutine. And he also says, I like this line, he says, come on, Archie, how many people have to hurt and die before you do something about it. Finally, playing the Dudley Do-Right, altruistic, always, you know, just, just perfect chord that will make Archie take action. Like, he's not super complex. A real FBI agent would have figured that out in their first meeting. He would have been like, oh, this kid is constantly just trying to do the right thing and believes in the good in everybody. I'm just gonna ask him to do the right thing, Mm -hmm. and he'll do it. Um, so Archie meets with Hiram to discuss the Register's article about the death of Papa Poutine. And Hiram spins some bullshit about how the guy had enemies and vendettas against him all over the place. It was just a matter of time about what... And what he's most torn up about is that it happened on the night of his daughter's confirmation. Because, again, there is no tragedy too atrocious for Hiram to make it about himself. Mm-mm. He's so fucking conceited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very narcissistic even if he had nothing to do with the guy's death he it was a confidant of his he should still be like yeah i'm really torn up about that so i'd be like shitty timing am i right (laughs) (laughs) that's how you know he's full of himself right (laughs) in a very surprising thrust of character archie uses veronica to manipulate hiram telling him dude your murdering people is making your daughter spiral. You need to fucking talk to her about it. So we can see on Hiram's face that it worked. Nice job, Archie. Like, I'm I'm proud of you. Good job. Yeah. And again, when we call Archie dumb, that's nothing against KJ Appa. Mm-mm. He does a great job of playing yes. the dumb. Like, he plays a dumb, golden-hearted teenage boy. Very well. Yes. Perfectly. To the point that we are like, oh my god, you are so dumb and naive. Which means KJ Appa is a freaking amazing actor and yes. very talented and very smart that he can do that. Because yes, you have to be really good at your craft to play a kid that, that dumb. Right, that naive. Yeah, that gullible. So, after school, Betty goes back to the scene of the motherfucking crime to make sure that, I guess, the body's still there. And while she's looking at him, his phone starts ringing. So she reaches into him, gets fingerprints everywhere, everywhere, pulls out his phone, and the caller ID, did you see it? No, what did it say? It said Condog. C O N D A W G. Oh, I hope I hope that's like Connor. <laughs> oh, I really hope so too. That'd but, be But um yeah, Condog. But apparently he's had 47 missed calls since he died. Homie's popular. So she pockets the phone like an idiot, covers the body back up with the rug that's from their living room. (sighs) Like, has anybody never watched Forensic Files? Come on, people. Or NCIS or Crime Scene Investigation or any of the realistic shit. You can't, come on, it's like 101, people, come on. We should not know how to hide a dead body better than somebody who lives in, like, murder town. Yes. Right? So. And it is it is physically impossible to get away with murder, especially these days. Right. And when you wrap up the dead body in the rug from your living room. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Guess who's the number one suspect? Right. Okay, so when she gets home, Chick and Alice are playing Clue like fucking weirdos. A, 
that's a terrible game to play with only two people because it goes by super fast. And B, how in the hell are they doing anything other than just like rocking in fetal position? Yeah. It's not okay. It makes you think that it's not their first rodeo. Right. Because Betty's freaking out and they're just like, hey, hey, let's pretend like nothing happened. Betty declines dinner and says she has a lot of homework. So she goes upstairs, locks her door, which we know her mom hates, with a skeleton key, which is weird because um, their house isn't old. But uh, she goes through the dead guy's phone. And one of the calls was from Jason. One zombie calling another. Because we also know that Jason sold drugs. Which is weird. But it shouldn't be in, like, his recents. But, anyway, I mean, like, we know Jason's dead. We saw his dead body. But. Yeah. So she writes down all of their messages in a notebook, leaving further evidence for the cops to find <laughs> as she flashes back to mopping up the guy's blood. Somebody needs to call in the best therapist in this world for this poor girl. Oh my god, she's got so many problems. Yeah. She had problems before, this just made it worse. Right. She's gonna need a lot more than her Adderall prescription filled after this fucking school year. Yep. This school year. Oh my god. Okay, so after commercial break, Hiram comes into Veronica's room to discuss Archie's concern for her, and he asks her if there's anything you want to know about my business expecting her to not be brave enough to ask anything but before he can finish the sentence she straight up asks him if he's had anything to do with Papa Poutine's death and he just looks heartbroken and says no mija I didn't fucking liar and it looks like she believes him though mm -hmm. until later on when she gives him that same line mm -hmm. loved it okay so I get another incredible Cooper breakfast like no food like that has ever been cooked to my house um where we've we've finally learned how to use all sides of the table though thank god finally. yes <laughs> betty lays into chick saying that the guy they killed was not one of his customers but a drug dealer and chick texted this guy looking for a fix the night of dot 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 but alice butts in shutting betty down and like i mean chick deserves some shit for this like we think he killed the guy right why is he not like helping mm -hmm. He's just there, being creepy. She appropriately asks Betty, what the fuck are you doing with that phone? Like, it could be tracked back to this house. And Betty says that she turned off the GPS, but you know what? If you're making calls, they can still get it. They can still come back to you. Like, they can find the tower. Like, it's it's not just the GPS. Oh, my God. The, I just... I just like you're giving me anxiety attacks just by like watching this episode was like constant. And I was like, I know. Oh my God. It was even I know not to do this, and I've never killed anybody. Right. <laughs> it was every episode of Pretty Little Liars all over again, where I'm like, What are you doing? Yes, very much. <laughs> so, also, if you're a drug dealer, shouldn't you have a passcode to get into your damn phone? No shit. Like, I have a passcode on my phone just to keep my three-year-old from buying in-app purchases and messaging yes. my ex-boyfriends or yes. something. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? Mine locks. Like, if it's not my fingerprint mm -hmm. or my husband's fingerprint, it ain't getting open. Oh, my husband's fingerprint doesn't work either. No, it's, no. It's all me. No. I, I can get into his. He can get into mine. No, I don't want it. It's, it's boring. Um, and he doesn't want to look at Riverdale shit, so <laughs> he doesn't want it to mine either. Okay, so... Um, Chick starts crying and Betty's like oh come on nobody's buying the waterworks but Alice clearly is so Alice resumes her season one holier than thou attitude with well if he was a drug dealer good nobody's missing him and I'm like girl all of his customers are missing him say. <laughs> honey that's not how drug dealers work right. they're the most missed people right <laughs> they're addicts looking for their next fix from the guy who gives it to him yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Betty's like, I hate to break it to you, Mom, but even drug dealers have families. I mean, haven't you ever watched Weeds? I haven't. Oh, it's really good. Okay. It's about, like, a soccer mom who has to sell, sell weed because uh, her husband, like, suddenly dies, and she finds out that they actually have no money, but she wants to, like, keep up. Appearances. Like, yeah, because they live in this, like, very suburban Southern California. Like, mm. everybody's house looks the same. They all do the same thing. And so, um instead of like getting a job she sells weed and it, it's really funny we'll it's a really funny show out. yeah so alice tells her that um the only family she should be worrying about is her own Ugh. but chick stands up looking creepy as fuck 
Oh my god. Hart Denton is he's really good at looking like a he fucking is. creep. He is. And on Instagram he's such a sweetheart. Aww. Him him and Lily Reinhardt have a thing where they just eat like um sugar cookie dough. <laughs> like the little like snowman yeah. you know ones. And he's just like a little pumpkin. Just a little sweetheart pumpkin. <laughs> um but yeah, on the show he's creepy as hell. So Archie is tossing the ball at Vegas in the autumn, even though this is a couple weeks after Christmas. Yeah. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Riders, please get your seasons correct. Unless you're in Texas, fix then it. Makes it. Sense. Right. I get that, like, you can only work with what season it is when you're filming in Vancouver, but, like, um, do, do some raking, some leaf blowing. You can you can dress a set even if it's like outside to look like whatever you're going for. Anyway, okay, so <laughs> I digress. Archie tells the FBI guy that he straight up asked Hiram about killing Papa Poutine, a name that I just can't get enough of, and and Hiram denied it. So of course Archie believed him. Has Archie ever suspected anyone of lying? Mm, no. no, I honestly can't remember a time when he has. But he does try to send the FBI guy down the trail of Lenny Kowalski, the canned meat guy from the last episode, the one who calls himself the butcher. Could be something there. Hmm. There's not. <laughs> but for a minute, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that was a clue that he calls himself the butcher. Okay, then we go to the Jones trailer where Hiram and Veronica are meeting with Jughead and FP. And I noticed here that Hiram is drinking a beer. FP is a recovering alcoholic kudos to him for drinking coffee or whatever is in his mug because we all know the shit show that is drunk FP but why did he have a beer to offer Hiram in the first place maybe it's part of his addiction type thing where he can resist it maybe I don't know but I was my thought because my mom was an alcoholic so my thought was come on Juggy the first rule of keeping your alcoholic parent clean is disposing all of all of the alcohol. Or he could have brought it with him to offer, not he realizing it was that he was... Could oh, he have. Knew it. I mean, yeah. He knew because that's how he got FP to do all the, like, drive-in shit from the last episode. Because he knew that he was, like, a hot mess. So, any hoodle. Hiram offers to settle any back rent... Um, owed by the tenants of Sunnyside Trailer Park. To what end, Jughead asks, and he says, for peace in the Southside community. And pardon me while I run out of the room barfing. Like, I feel like when the rest of the serpents hear about this and that, like, the deal didn't go down, they're going to be pissed off at Jughead and FP again. But also, they would have been under Hiram's thumb even more. Yeah, this is true. Like, it wouldn't have been a clean deal where it would have been over. He would have owned them. Yes. So, I, like, I'm glad they didn't go through with it. Oh, and also, is anyone going to tell FP that he's sitting in the exact spot where Jughead and Betty had sex, like, two nights ago? I really hope not. <laughs> I was so oofed out for him. I was like, you might want to move, like, those blankets around right there. Do a little scotch guard, a little scrubby wet couch. Let's just not tell Dad. Yeah. Well, yeah, nobody needs to tell him, but, like... I I'm also... sure he probably saw Jug and was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what you did. did. Yeah. You haven't smiled your entire life. What is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so FP takes the deal until Hiram says there's one catch. Jughead has to keep my name out of whether, whatever scathing expose he's writing, and Jughead scoffs and says, <laughs> no deal. And I was like, oh, surely FP's going to be like, you're a kid. You don't get to call the shots. But he just laughs, like, proudly. And I, my new favorite FP tick is mm-hmm. this chuckle. It's yes. <laughs> so cute. It is cute. <laughs> but he puts his arm around his boy and says, seeing the funny pages. I was like, oh, yes, he's finally standing up for Jug and, you know, yeah. backing him. Because maybe he realizes that, you know, he's on to something. Right. So, I, yes, I'm glad that the guy who um, last episode told his kid that he was the worst and slammed him up against a wall is now just super proud of him mm-hmm. for being an asshole. This whole time, Veronica has like, not he's said... he's got your blood, honey. What did you expect? Right. Right. <laughs> this is not the family of great decisions. <laughs> but this whole time, Veronica hasn't had a single line. She's just been there, like, 
giving scathing looks to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish she would have had something to say because she always kind of lays down the law and makes it she right. She does. I love Veronica. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that she's probably one of my favorite characters in this entire show. Really? Because she's, she's a badass bitch. She doesn't take nothing from nobody. She says exactly what's on her mind, when it's yeah. on her mind. She doesn't yeah. care anything about it. And I, I relate to her so much because that's exactly how I was in high school. Uh-huh. I was like, love me or hate me, I really don't give a shit. Sorry. Yeah. I, I like how straightforward she is, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's very interesting. So I love her. I like her personality-wise. I want to be her friend because there's no mystery there. Like, I don't want to be Betty's friend. She scares the shit out of I me. I know. You never know what's going to come but, out of her head. Like, just what's up in there? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. But she's my favorite character because she's so, like, yeah. fucking kooky and crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, Cheryl is suddenly into archery and notices Hal coming out of her house. And since she's, I don't know, we're a good friend to Betty this episode, she uh, comes in inside and tells her mother that her courtesan ways are tearing families apart. Betty was literally sick to her stomach the other day, and this might be what it's about. Betty cannot give two shits. But, <laughs> um, but she says it's different with Hal. He's not a client. It's real. Okay. <laughs> yeah, your uh, husband's, your dead husband's cousin. Way to keep it in the family. So, stupid computer. Cheryl reminds Penelope that Hal has a wife, and Penelope calls Alice a Gorgon, which is really funny. That's that's the name for Medusa and her sisters, in case you don't know. That was a nice burn. (laughs) Awesome burn. Yeah. Uh, She tells Cheryl to stay out of it. So, of course, Cheryl's going to do anything but the sport. I was about to say, no. You tell Cheryl not to do something, she's going to To do do something. Yes. So, Veronica comes home to the Pembroke to really loud fighting. The mayor comes storming out yelling it's gonna be a lot worse for you than it is for me and so veronica's like hey what the hell just happened and they actually tell her like (laughs) they're not hiding shit anymore at least not not the light stuff so now they want to usurp the mayor to minimize damage done to their quote unquote good name um he's an ex-con that everybody thinks is the devil incarnate she's an adulteress (laughs) <laughs> the lodges don't have a good name and also the entire south side hates them for taking their community mm-hmm. so the list just goes on and on and on yeah. and when they said good whenever they acted like that, that I was like yeah. are you kidding me right operation guess who's coming to dinner is now underway and I feel like that was a little inappropriate yeah. so in, in case you don't know guess who's coming to dinner is a 1960s like late late 50s early 60s maybe movie with Sidney Poitier about an interracial couple um a black guy and a white girl and she brings him over for dinner and it's very racially charged because her parents are not super cool with her bringing a black guy home oh my god I'm so over this crap so this is a reference so they're saying this because they're gonna threaten um Sierra with her affair with the sheriff Mm -hmm. and I just feel like that was uncalled for to like pull in a movie that's very racist about an interracial couple. Yeah, I'm just, I, I can't, I'm, I'm done, I'm over racism. I, I'm done with it. I don't want to, it's stupid. It's stupid, but like. It's flat out stupid. I'm sorry, but we all bleed red. Right. And I feel like, if anything, we should be trying to like. Fix the fix, problem. Fix the problem, not. Make it worse. Not be gross about it. So. Yes. I was. Like they could have said something completely different because yeah. Like Operation Sheriff, or yeah, or something else. Like make it a reference a movie about an affair, an affair, not about racism. What the hell does their skin color have to do with any of this? Right. Yeah. Like I did. That part really made me mad. I was like, Yeah, that was not cool on the writers. No. So Archie comes home, and we get a second Vegas scene. That really made me happy. Sweet puppers. Um, but he notices the god-awful hat sitting on an end table. So he walks into the kitchen, and apparently the FBI guy has introduced himself to Fred. Because mm-hmm. he's not getting enough out of Archie. So he's going to threaten Fred. So at Pops, calling numbers on the phone, trying to figure out who the phone belongs to. Betty is being an idiot, and people keep hanging up on her. Rightfully so. They don't want anybody to know that 
you know that they're buying drugs. Yeah. No. They're like, oh shit, it's a cop. Right. So, God, she's this guy's is a teenage girl. Right. So then someone calls the phone. Apparently, it's Shady Guy's girlfriend or wife or whatever. And she calls Betty a slut and a whore and tells her that Shady Guy is, quote unquote, dead to me. And Betty's like, uh, well, technically, he's dead to everyone. <laughs> She's hammering a lot of coffee in this scene. And then she, so she goes home and she calls Jughead and he comes rushing to her house because he's the best boyfriend in the world this episode. So she tells him everything and that she thinks she's going crazy because her mom is acting like everything is normal when it isn't and then apparently during the commercial break she tells Jughead about he's having a full on panic attack yes so after commercial break Jughead is shook he's like like, what the fuck have you done he's like oh my god what have I walked into like I know I like I cut a tattoo off a lady's arm but now you've you people have killed somebody. You've taken it to the next level. At least yeah. she walked away from right. it. Right. She was able to come back and fight. Mm-hmm. This guy, not so much. So, Betty says that she can't sleep or eat because she's just obsessing over this man in his phone. And Jughead, she's like, why didn't I just call the cops? And Jughead's like, well, it's not too late to call the cops when a meter maid pulls up. <laughs> like In the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. I mean... At first, I was like, what the hell is that tiny, weird car doing? And I was I'm like, not going to lie. When I saw that, I was like, I thought I was watching Riverdale, not Zootopia. <laughs> <laughs> Solid mom reference. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, I've seen those before in a city where there are parking meters. You know, I fight meter maids in the suburbs. <laughs> There'd be a cop patrolling, being like, hey, move your car. Whoever's house this is, they don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, she she wants to know who the car belongs to. Apparently, it belongs to the shady guy. They do not fact check that at all. They nope. just roll with it. Yep. There's a pregnant pause, and the kids are trying to decide if they should, like, tell her the truth. And then Jughead says that it's his car, and he just can't find the keys. In that moment, I was like, okay, one of two things. A, you really love Betty. Mm-hmm. B, you're never, this is a secret that y'all are going to carry with you to the, like, for the rest of your lives. Or C, somebody's going to pull that car out of the river and the meter maid's going to be like, oh, I know who said this, this car was his. It's that kid who wears that jacket. fucking beanie every day. Yeah. That's who this belongs to and it's all going to get tied back to them. So, all of those things you said, and they're idiots. Mm-hmm. So, like, talk about true love, dear God. Right. Call a tow truck and be like, we don't know whose car this is, but it's been here. Take it away, please. Yeah, because, I mean, at least that way you're not, there's, there's no fingerprints. There's no, uh, oh, God, what is it called? Uh, fibers. Yeah. From your hair follicles or anything. None mm-hmm. thing from you gets it's tied touched. back to this car. Because right. at, from everybody else. It's just a car that nobody knows who right. to. It's just there. But they're dumb. So Jughead says, how fast can you hotwire a car? And I do like when we get to see Mechanic Betty. We didn't get to this time, but... Jerks. I like when they make reference to it. So, uh... <laughs> Luke Perry is a member of the cast again. And comes upstairs to tell Archie that the agent has left. And apparently they are shaking Fred down for hiring undocumented Canadians. <laughs> and... I just want to be like, um, yeah, they don't care about, like, the white illegal immigrants. They care about the brown ones, so I'm pretty sure they don't give a shit about undocumented Canadians. I've lived in this country my whole life. I know how that shit works. Um, so Archie confronts the, confronts Adam, and FROI guy straight up tells Archie, stop dicking around. I didn't know you could say that on network TV. I don't know, but I loved it. I was like, what? Yeah, I was just like tipping. Um, if there's a loud calamity right there, it's because I dropped my phone. But yeah, just stop dicking around. I mean, that's what I tell Archie to do every episode, but I didn't know that they could actually say that. But um, that's cool. Oh, he gives Archie a bug because he wants to bug yes. um, Hiram's office. I thought it was a wire at first, but it's it's a bug to bug his office. Then there's a scene where Cheryl tells Hal that he better get the fuck home to his wife and daughter before she tells Betty that he's shacking up with a sex worker. And Cheryl is just awesome this episode. She is. I love yeah. her this episode. I mean, I want them to resolve the whole pig heart thing, but I also want her to be this Cheryl for the rest of the, yes. the show. 
So uh, Veronica warns uh, Mayor McCoy about her parents' plans, and she also tells her that they know about the affair with Sheriff Keller. So Jughead could learn a thing or two about Veronica on how to deal with the mayor. Oh, shit. Talk to her with respect and let her know that, hey, I'm on your side, and she might work with you. So then we get uh, yet another reference to Psycho, just like in the mid-season finale, as Betty and Jughead push Shady Man's car into the river, and he says, oh, Norman Bates made it look so easy. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll also be using this scene in our Riverdale PLL discussion because from when Hannah and her mom pushed the cop car in. Yep. Yep. It was really similar. So they just stand there and breathe heavily. Like, the closed captioning of my thing just kept saying, heavy breathing, heavy breathing, heavy breathing. We're just like... <sighs> you could, like, the they car were panicking. Sinks. They were like, yeah, oh, my God, why isn't it sinking? Why isn't it sinking? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, shit, what do we do now? We can't get it back out of there. Yeah. <laughs> so... Sink, damn it! Yeah, and then Jughead makes Betty throw the phone in the water, too. Thank you, Jughead. Thank you. We've got three minutes until we have to go back into work. I can finish this up after work, though. Um, so after commercial break, the mayor is on TV stepping down to spend more time with her family and to return to her legal career. Notice Josie's dad is not in the shot. And uh, apparently we are going to get to see uh, lawyer Sierra McCoy like in the next episode, which is like four weeks away, but still. Um, four this, weeks? Yeah, they're on hiatus until March 7th, I what believe. What the fuck am I supposed to do in four weeks? I know, I know. Like, I'm not happy about it, but I'm also glad that I won't be up till 1.30 in the morning on Wednesday nights <laughs> typing out notes, so... Uh, yeah, <laughs> so... This is also the only shot we get of Josie or any of the pussycats in this episode, and that kind of breaks my heart. I love those girls, and I want more of them. Uh, Hiram confronts Veronica about warning the mayor, and we know we're going to like her response because she's wearing her smart girl reading glasses. <laughs> and she returns the lie that he told her earlier from the episode and says, No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I like when Veronica is interesting. She's normally not very nuanced, but I like this dubious side of her. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun. So at the Cooper house, Hal knocks on the door to find Chick home alone, and he barges in, making Chick cry again. Um, at school, Betty's locker is covered in butterflies. <laughs> and Cheryl tells her about Hal and Penelope. So she comes home to find Hal being a dick to Chick, and Betty lays down the fucking law here. And she says, if you don't stop terrifying Chick, I'm going to call Mom. And he's like, I don't care. And she's like, and I'm going to tell her about Penelope Blossom. Boom. And he was like, yeah. damn it. So maybe the reason why you think we're hiding something here is because that's what you're doing. Nice deflection. Yes, that was very good. Yeah. I was very proud. Yeah. I liked it. Um, so Hal leaves and Chick is like, what if he comes back? What if he calls the police? I don't know. Maybe you should take some fucking ownership in your own murder. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Okay, we should probably go back in and then I can I can come back out and finish this up. Okay, guys, it's Cherie. I'm back. Um, Ashley isn't going to be joining me for this part because she actually works like an hour later than I do. She, Her shift goes to 5.30. My shift ends at 4.30. And I'm not a good enough friend to wait around for an hour or so. Because um, I live like a million miles out of town. So like I've got to get my kid and go get her home and get dinner. And it's, it's a whole thing. So <laughs> we're just going to get back to it. Just you and me. Um, so where we left off, um, it was the scene where uh, Betty sends Hal away. So the next scene is Fred going through old boxes of files. And I want to, I wish this uh, episode was called Quantity Luke Perry, not Quality Luke Perry. Because we see him quite a bit, but we don't, we don't get very much from him. Remember when he was like a main character of this show? He was like you know, Archie's dad in, like, a very dadly way instead of just being, like, a pawn for people to use against Archie. I don't know. Anyway, all that makes Archie feel super guilty, so he goes to Hiram to tell him that the FBI approached him to be an informant and that they want to bug his office, but apparently Archie smashed the bug with a hammer and is coming clean to Hiram because... At this point, Agent Adams is more dangerous than him, and I call bullshit. (laughs) I know, like, we learn in a few minutes that he's not a real FBI agent, but, like, 
at this point I was like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> the mob is still the mob, man. Yeesh. I mean, Hiram literally had a man killed execution style and just took down a politician. So, I don't know. Agent Adams has, like, inconvenienced Fred to research his own business. So, at best, getting a paper cut or two. So, Archie wants Hiram to help Fred out of this mess, and Hiram says that he'll take care of Arthur Adams. And Archie wants to make sure he's not, uh, going to, you know subtly wave his hands in the air which we all know is the universal gesture for murder the FBI guy and Hiram's like no I'm not gonna kill him Jesus then uh Betty tells Alice um about the shady man's car and how she and Jughead took care of it and Alice is like you told somebody named Jughead about this are you fucking kidding me Betty (laughs) Betty says we're in over our heads and we need help so and Alice is like, we're not going to the police. So they go to FP. Mm-mm. They go to the trailer and knock. And before Alice can say anything, FP tells her to save it. Save it, Alice. <laughs> While Jughead just broods in the background. It's kind of sexy, not going to lie. FP says he's not going to let the three of them make the same mistake he made with Jason Blossom. So he lets him in. And I thought this was like, oh, FP's going to make them go to the cops and tell the truth. And you know, get it all out in the open instead of trying to hide it. But no, he just means he's gonna, uh, he's gonna do a better job of hiding the body this time. Oh man. And he's certainly not going to put it in a freezer. Gosh, we learned our lesson there. After the commercial break, FP is burying the shady man with the aid of a spotlight. Then I'm like, yeah, nobody's ever going to notice that dude. Like, I know you gotta see what you're doing and everything, but try to be a little bit more inconspicuous. So, there's a guy sitting in a car kind of across from me that's just staring at me, talking to myself, and you know what? Keep keep looking, motherfucker. I don't even care. So, oh, oh, and in this part, FP, like, as he's burying the guy, like, he, he buries him with the Cooper's rug, and his the dead guy's face kind of rolls out and and he does a double take like oh shit I know this guy so that's that's gonna lead to a theory of mine in a second Andre comes to pick up Archie and I about shit my pants (laughs) like I mean clearly they're they aren't gonna kill off Archie but I did get very worried for our boy here the boss has requested to meet somewhere more private and scenic than the Pembroke Yikes, Archie. This is why you don't deal with a mob. You're gonna end up swimming with the fishes. At Pops, Betty, Jughead, and Alice sit in uncomfortable silence for God knows how long until FP walks in after taking care of their mess. Apparently, sodium hydroxide, which I think is lye, stinks really bad and will completely dissolve Shady Man's body, including his teeth, within a week. How does he know this? And why didn't he use it on Jason? Like, that would have been a lot easier than just throwing him in the river, right? I don't know. Alice thanks him, crying, and he grabs her hand and says, We take care of our own. And my heart grew ten times too big. It was so sweet. Um, So, I I don't like the ship name of Phallus, but we definitely get big Phallus vibes here. so gross to say out loud this he also says the circle ends here no more loose ends and by that we know that there's a million more loose ends and the circle does not end here and the shit's gonna come out in the rest of the season um chick is casually flipping through the cooper photo albums at home by himself and he literally cuts hal out of the picture like ooh, (laughs) creep factor just turned up a thousand percent man. Then Andre takes Archie to a grassy knoll where Hermione is the boss. <laughs> that is so exciting. I actually screamed. I was so happy for her to have a character again. <laughs> it was so nice to be more than just telenovela eyes and like random Spanish vocabulary words. Oh, I loved it. But she's waiting for him on like some cliffs. Like, if you fuck up, I will knock you off this cliff. So, Like we all assumed, Agent Adams is in fact not with the FBI, but he does work for the lodges. He's a capo. 
We all saw it and I'm so fucking glad it paid off. It actually feels really good to have a theory and have it answered and be right. Like a lot of stuff with this show, I'm like, oh, I think this is why that weird thing happened. But really the weird thing never gets answered. It just dies. They just forget about it. And I was really glad to see this one like actually get wrapped up. It was awesome. It was all just a test and Archie passed and she caresses his face and says, welcome to the family, Archie. Woo. And then we get title card, zzz, zzz, Riverdale. Also, I'm way intrigued for the next episode. It looks like a lot of ship stuff, but a lot of exciting ship stuff. So <laughs> the trailer had me like squealing like a 14 year old girl and oh, it was so fun. Okay. So for segments, the most Archie moment, like I don't even know anymore. The show's gone so far off the rails. I, I mean, I guess that Betty's good with cars. I don't know. I think that might be the only tie back to the comics other than like everybody's in over their heads. And, and that's kind of how like the Archie gang always finds themselves in over their heads. But, but yeah, we've come a long way from uh, the plan was bananas or hey pal, we were supposed to go on a road trip that weekend. You know, those, those kinds of very Archie comic feeling moments. Um, Best Blossom Burn, it should go to Penelope for calling Alice a Gorgon, but I'm giving it to Cheryl for you have puke on your collar. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> I tweeted that uh, you have puke on your collar is what I'm going to tell anybody I ever see with those stupid ass bedazzled collars that Betty and Veronica wear on this show. Good that Hermione is the boss, not Hiram. I love that. I love that he's just the face in the fall guy. Oh, <laughs> that warms my heart in ways that it shouldn't, but I think, I think the writers actually did a very good thing there. I am super happy about that. The bad? I don't like that FP and Jughead had to come in and clean the Cooper women's mess. Like, I, I think Chick should have taken a big part of it, but I wish they could have taken care of it on their own because they were two very strong, capable women. And I feel like they could have done it without calling in their boyfriends, you know? And I know FP and Alice aren't boy, boyfriend and girlfriend, but we all feel the sexual tension rating out. So funny. I should put con dog. <laughs> I don't know if that's like somebody named Connor and that's their nickname or if it's like a con man situation, but, uh, uh that, that cracked me up when I saw that changes. I would have chick chick take a more active role in what was apparently the murder that he committed. I mean, Alice implied that Chick, you know, killed the shady man. So why the fuck is he not hiding the body and pushing any cars into the lake? He should be doing a lot more than playing Clue and drinking milk, you know? And to everybody who says that drinking milk is gross, look, clearly you've never been pregnant because I would drink a gallon of milk like every three days when I was pregnant. I don't know why, but I craved it so bad. And I'm still like, I still can go for a glass of milk every now and then. So screw you. For theories, um, when, when I first watched this, I was like, man, I got nothing. But then this morning as I was working, something came to me. So I think quote unquote con dog is the person that we know as chick that's living in the Cooper's house, but quote unquote shady guy is actually chick. And everybody, like, so I told a few people this, and they're like, but he's a lot older. I don't think he's a lot older. I think he's the same age that Chick is supposed to be. Hart Denton looks like a teenager. He looks like he could be, like, 18. But if you factor in that Alice was 17 when she had him, and presumably didn't have Polly and Betty until, like, well after college, uh, you know, when it was quote-unquote, you know, socially acceptable or whatever then Chick should be like in his mid-twenties, right? That, I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking. And I think that a shady guy could have been in his mid-twenties. So it's, it's a loose theory. It's probably not going to come true. Both Ashley and Laura got mad at me today when I told them that because they didn't want it to be real. And look, I'm not saying I'm going to write that into being true. I don't work for the show. I just think it's a possibility. I think, you know, it's something we can put out there. 
for Sabrina News, uh, Real House Housewives of Greendale over here. Uh, Jazz Sinclair from The Vampire Diaries and Netflix's Easy has been casted as Rosalind, Sabrina's best friend. So that's exciting. The cast is growing. Um, she's gorgeous. And I haven't watched uh, any of The Vampire Diaries and I've never even heard of Easy, but I, I'll have to check them out because I'm super excited to see what this girl's all about. Um, for Skeet's Dadgram Corner <laughs> on January 30th, Hart Denton, who plays Chick, who we know as Chick, just saying, posted a black and white picture of him with, <laughs> this is a really weird picture, but he has um, a bandana wrapped around his forehead, tattoos on his face, and he's smoking a cigarette with his right hand. And Skeet commented, quote, that right hand is deadly, chin scratch emoji, end quote. Oh yes, the man who has been a serial killer, kidnapper, drunken leader of a motorcycle gang reminds us of the dangers of smoking such a dad move and that's why I love him I love him so much I need more skeet in my life forever and always okay I think that's it for this week um thanks to Ashley for joining me for the uh, the biggest portion of this I love it when she's on because we laugh so much about this dumb show and we sit all day in anticipation to giggle about it because we want so bad to like run up to each other and be like oh my god did you see this did you see that that was so good that sucked that was terrible I hated that but you know we can't do it because we want to save it for the podcast so it's I don't know it's fun I always appreciate it when she's uh when she's happy to join me um, I think this was a pretty solid episode like you know I was expecting it to be pretty lame after there was so much plot in The Weekend and the Divine, there was a ton. I thought, like, man, next episode's gonna be definitely filler and, you know, not a lot, but while there wasn't a ton of plot, they wrapped up a lot of loose ends and they they really carried it strong and they made, like, the anticipation and anxiety feel very real so that it, it never slumped. Like, I was never wanting to check my phone or like get up and get some snacks or anything. So kudos to the writers for that. Um, and, and the director, Jennifer something, I think, and I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. I did know it at one point in time today, but I didn't write it down, but just great style with Betty's PTSD flashes. Um, Cheryl has a conscience, love it, super love it. If you don't agree or you do agree and you want to tell me your opinions, um, and have them read on the podcast, you can email me at realhousewivesofriverdale at gmail.com and uh, we'll take care of that. And again, this is so embarrassing, but for like the last month, I've been giving out the wrong Twitter handles. So yeah, you can follow me at Cherie B, that's C-H-E-R-I-E-E-B-E-E, -E -E, like, like the bug who stings you, um, on Twitter or Cherie04 on Instagram. And again, that's C-H-E-R-I-E-04 on, on IG. So if you are too old to get this internet presence thing right, you can join me at whatever fucking handle I'm at, and we can be old together, and we can laugh about this silly show. Um, there won't be any new episodes until March 7th, I believe, because they're taking time off while the Olympics plays, because we all know, well, Olympics ratings have gone way, way down. Um, they don't want to lose you know, any more ratings than, than they have to, because I don't think they've been picked up for a third season yet, which is asinine considering, I mean, there's like an entire line of clothing and stuff at Hot Topic for this show. So I can't believe they haven't been picked up yet. Um, Ashley was at the mall on Friday and picked me up three shirts. <laughs> so I am set for every casual Friday for the next three weeks with my uh, Riverdale stuff. And I'm super excited. I got one of Jughead's S shirts. I got um, a blue shirt, like a Bulldogs football shirt that has Jason Blossom's number on it, number nine, and a um, and a black shirt that has the like scratched crown thing from Jughead's motorcycle helmet. <laughs> it's so dorky and so lame, but I love it. I can't help it. This is who I am. It's who I've always been. Um, I cannot even believe that, like, my husband continues to be with me after, like, how nerdy I am. But, I mean, 
he knew what he was getting into, so if he doesn't like it, he can GTFO anytime. Alright, well, even though that the show doesn't come back until March, I'm still going to be posting recaps from season one, because I want really bad to like get caught up with those, so I'm not doing two a week, but I do want to have an episode, a podcast episode on every episode of the show, so tune into those, um, do, don't, but do please rate and review subscribe. Um, it's not hard at all anymore to rate on, on, a iOS 11. If you have an iPhone, um, you just like, you just go to the show and scroll up and you can put whatever stars you see fit. So please do. It helps a ton with other people to find this podcast. Um, I'm not sure if you notice this, but if you just search Riverdale, this podcast does not come up for some reason because the algorithms like, uh, this show is not new and noteworthy. Nobody cares because there's like three people listening to it, but I can see how many downloads we have. And there is a bunch of you like all over the globe. So the few of you that are there, please do go rate and review. Um, that will help other people find us. And then we can, you know, cultivate a community of older people who like this dumb teen show and and we can talk about it ad nauseum and squeal like 14 year old girls because that's that's what's so fun about it uh see you then bye guys 